Hey, this is Cynthia McIntosh. And this is Abraham. And we want to welcome you to our new show, Rock and Talk. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the new Rock and Talk show. This is Cynthia, and I'm here with Abraham and our special guest, Dino. Hi, Dino, and hi, Abraham. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, you know, Dino, this is really a fun show for me. This is a special show for me, and you don't even know it, but I got to tell you. Um, I don't know if you remember, but in 2011, I did my very first radio show, and you were my very first guest. You were my first ever guest. We we meet on the radio again. Yes, we do. Yeah, we've done this a few times, but yeah, you were my very first show. And not only that, 2011 is. That's a, yeah. that's a long time ago. Wow. I know. That's yes. when I started, and you did the very first one with me. I know. It's well, been a while. I'm well, check it out. There's even, there's even more. If you remember back in 2005, so we're going back even farther. It would have been 2005, 2006, something like that. I was working with a band. I was working with a musician from New Mexico named Scott. Uh-huh. Right. And we were putting, we put together a band, and uh-huh. uh, we had. It was an exciting day because I had put this band together. They had never met each other, but I kind of just put the chemistry together, got them together, and set them up to be at a practice hall all day one day, and then that afternoon go meet with you to record their first uh, album. Oh, their actually uh-huh. was their uh, first demo, and the one of the people that was supposed to show up didn't, and so I had to quick hustle and find somebody new to replace him and then we got the group together they had like three hours to throw everything together and meet with you but you did it we had an amazing uh recording they did a mm-hmm. great job but while i was there for that at, at your studio i also had a bunch of video people come over and we recorded video for it i had my big monstrosity of a thing out there with me i was hiding behind it with all the the right cameras and all that kind of thing and we did a video uh-huh. and right. one of the one of the people that was there doing camera work is none other than abraham who is now talking to you on the other line i just found that out by accident because i sent him a copy of the very first show that i ever uh-huh. did which was with you and he goes oh i know him and they started telling me the story about going and doing a video for for you and right. I said, that's funny, because you know who you were doing it for? You were doing it for me. I hired you. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. Smaller. Now, wasn't that with the guy with the real big drum set? He had a real big drum set. Yeah, that was Scott. Yeah. That was Scott, right. yeah. Scott. Scott. Right, great guy, great guy. Love Scott. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, and he's got a lot of talent, too. He's awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun working with him. Right, right, that was fun. And- and you have done an incredible amount of stuff since we talked last. We haven't talked for about... Couple of years, I guess, but man, right. you've done a lot. I was looking at your paperwork, and um, you've been doing some television, you've been doing some films, you've been mm-hmm. um, doing a right. ton of stuff. So, why don't you, t- yeah, in fact, um, rumor has it that your negotiations to sign. Right. Well, I mean, uh, are you talking about, uh, about about me, of course, right? Is that what you're talking yeah. about me? Uh huh. Okay. okay. Well, the that is an acting thing, actually. I, I, uh, I uh, I started doing some acting a while back. I was asked to do some things, and I'm you know I'm not like an actor you know by trade. I guess I am now because I'm doing it a lot. But um, uh, this lady um, uh, named Gloria Tate, she was followed my career when I did my talk show, 
and then some other things that I did. And uh, we were friends on Facebook, and I did, had no idea that she uh, did anything in the, in the entertainment industry because we were just friends. And then um, some things kind of developed for me, and then she, she just asked me, she goes, do you need representation? And I said, well, I don't have any, and not yet. And she goes, well, you have to And then I found out that she was a big-time uh, actor-manager. And uh, it's called Athena International Incorporated, uh-huh. and she is a... Uh, She's been doing it forever, and I had no idea. She never even wow. mentioned it, which i got to give her kudos for that, because everybody usually beats their chest all day long and <laughs> telling them what they do, and she didn't right. say nothing about it. So anyway, I went and met with her, and uh, she said that she wants to uh, represent me and get me some some big-time gigs, and I said, okay, so that's where we're at right now. So you've got two movies out that are going to be released or have already been released? You're no, they haven't been released yet. One of them is called... Uh, Sunshine, and that's with Helu Productions, and that's Hector Luis Bustamante is the uh, who's a pretty big time actor. The guy's done a lot of things. I mean, he's a very recognizable face. Uh, but uh, he directed and wrote it, and uh, it's uh, um, a great film. I play the father. I play the drummer and a father of a young woman who's uh, which is which is what I do in real life anyway. So it was an easy part for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, that's coming out in the beginning of the year. Um, and then another movie I did called uh, uh, Don't Shoot, I'm the Guitar Man, which I think it's called Guitar Man now. And that's mm-hmm. a true story about uh, Buzzy Martin, who was the, uh, he went to San Quentin prison and uh, taught guitar for three years. It's a true story now. Oh, um, I heard about that movie. And yes, you're in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, I played. Uh, I I went up and filmed up in. Uh, actually, you know where I filmed? I filmed in Santa Rosa, and it just burned down. Every that whole city I filmed in is all burned down. Now it's all gone. I couldn't believe it. Wow. It, it, it was a beautiful little city, and uh, right where I filmed is all gone from the, from the fires. Wow. Wow. But, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I've been that. waiting for that movie to come out. I've heard a lot of wonderful things about Guitar Man. I've been waiting for it to come yeah. out. No, it's a great. It's a great. Uh, it's a great company. That's Prodigy. Prodigy Motion Pictures, and, uh, you know, I don't have a large part in the movie, but I, I, I had a lot of fun. I met all the people. It was great, and uh, uh, um, it's coming out in uh, uh, 2018, so we'll see what happens. And then also, now this I have watched. You've done it. You've been doing it for a while, but you have your mafia comedy show, The Paparazzi Family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now that, uh, that is my, of course I created that, and then I, I'm the lead character of Don Dino Paparazzi, and, and, and uh, it's very funny, and I've got uh, representation for that too, and they are waiting for me to finish this one episode that we just wrote, and uh, uh, I haven't been able to get to it, because uh, I've been so busy, uh, but uh, that's, that's continuing on. Um, but that's, that's my baby, so uh, you know that's not yeah. going anywhere, I just have to get to it. <laughs> Right. Are you still yeah. doing the Astino show? Is that no longer? I can't do it. I wish I was. I wish there was two of me. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. a Gemini, yeah. and I wish there was actually two of me, but there's not. So I, I just don't have... Uh, now, the Astino show, the live show, with you know, I had a full band. It was like the Tonight Show. It was like, uh, you know, we had an odd live audience. I had a full band. Mm-hmm. I had a crew and the whole bit, and it's very, very uh, time-consuming to produce. And I right. loved it. And I love the band, I love the guys, I love everybody, uh, but I just, I can't, I just can't, I just, it's too, it's too much to do. So I had to let that go. I'm not saying I'm never going to do it again, because it was so much fun. 
and it was a it was a very very good mentoring show. Uh, so it was. Uh, I, it was. I may do that again. Yeah, that was a really interesting show. A lot of people listened to it and learned a lot from it. It was a uh, you had some great guests on there. Oh yeah, we had great- uh, we had Larry Dunn from Earth, Wind, and Fire. We had David Page. Mm-hmm. We had Greg Phone Games. We had uh, Chuck Nagomp and Three Dog Night. I-, I wanted to get on a lot of the icons so they could talk to these young kids and let them know the real world and how it was how the rock and roll world was developed and where it came from, you know, by the real rock stars, not the ones that are here and gone in, in five minutes. I mean, these guys uh, and women, uh, I had a woman named Shalea on, who's, uh, she just got done singing at the White House before she did our show for the Obamas. And, and uh, I just want to get, I, I wanted to get people on that were, were able to convey messages to the young people about the actual uh, world and how to really make it and how to sustain in the business. Right. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, besides that, you um, just so that we can introduce you a little bit better, you've also you're a two-time record producer of the year award winner. Yes. And you've been a record producer and a studio owner for thirty years. Thirty years. And you've been, yep. yeah, and counting. And uh, oh, and you're a drummer, and you've been a drummer for forty years. And people, really, wait until you hear the music tonight. It is insane. It is wonderful. It really rocks. You guys are going to fall in love with him as a drummer after you hear the music. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I got to listen to some tonight that I hadn't heard before. Oh, man. I was just... That's, I, uh, seriously. that's, uh, that's the, the Tony Farrell band. It's an all-star band. There's 10 pieces. And uh, actually, Tony's sitting here with me right now. Tony's the songwriter. He's the composer. And uh, he's been around a long time. Uh, and we started working together about five years ago. And we put together an all-star band, and uh, we've been playing live. I'm, we're playing live all over the place. But, wow. uh, well, the music was, is amazing, as you guys will hear. Hi, Tony. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, in fact, um, we were going to be playing a couple of your songs tonight. Um, I know that you sent me a couple songs that you wanted me to play, and I wanted you to tell us about them before we play them. So sure. I don't want to just... Because I know that there's some stories behind them. Sure. Um, which, you want to do that now? Yeah, let's go ahead and play one now. Go ahead and tell. Uh, which one did you want to play first? Uh, we can do uh, Rock Me Tonight first. Okay, Rock Me Tonight first. Okay, yeah. And so yeah, so what's the story behind that one? Go ahead and tell us, and then we'll go ahead well, and listen to it. Rock Me Tonight is a, it's like, um, actually Greg Wright, the guitar player, is actually singing this. Now, Greg played guitar with Michael Jackson and Mick Fleetwood and, and Greg Allman and, and Greg is one, he plays he's a, like a heavy, heavy, like a rock blues player, but he is one of the best players on the planet. But he actually sang this song. We needed a certain voice. We usually have a, a female lead vocal for the band, which you'll, you'll hear that on the second tune. But uh, uh, Tony, Tony wrote it, and then I came in, and we, I kind of arranged it and added some parts to it, and it's kind of a cross between... Bruno Mars with great horn players like Ted Murdoch and Fritz McGee. Uh, 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 it's just a great. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like Bruno Mars meets uh, uh, a blues guy singing it. But uh, go ahead and give it a spin and see what your listeners think. Okay, we will do that. So let's go ahead and listen to that right now, and we'll be right back after this.
tuned you know yeah what did you think abraham hey so um i was listening to it it it, it reminded me a little bit of like a little bit of a rare earth vibe uh combined with a few other things but i i was just wondering for the sake of the audience can you uh, talk a little bit about the production i i thought i was hearing uh you know some some b3 in there it's wondering you know how did you track this and uh, what kind of overdubs did you use to uh, put this whole uh, sonic uh, tapestry together? Well, first of all, it's all it's all real players. It's all it's all. There's no computer anything. It's all real players. And um, uh, it was it was Jimbo Ross on viola. You, you might have heard the the viola solo in there. Um, and then uh, Norman Weatherly on keyboard, Hammond organ. Uh, you know, I mean. It's basically, you know, uh, you know, I've been around a long time, so I'm very organic. Uh, all the records I've produced over the years, uh, you know, I use real players, you know, real string players, real horn players, uh, real rhythm section. I mean, I've done a lot of hip hop too, but but I like to do as far as stuff that I do personally, and this is one of the projects that's a personal project. I like to do everything organic. Uh, so basically, as far as the overdubs, uh, uh, go ahead. You can ask something. 
Oh, I said very cool. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Please, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's... Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. Basically, what happens? How it's done is that uh, Tony came in. Tony Phil came in with a with a with a with a with a rhythm on his guitar and a vocal, and then I just uh, uh, we laid that down as a scratch, and then I put. Uh, um, a click. Well, of course, we put a click first, and then I I, I lay all the drums down. I kind of arrange things while I'm uh, with my drums uh, and the parts, and then I bring the players in one at a time, and then we just create the parts one person at a time. You know, so it's basically we're writing and recording at the same time. So we're writing, arranging, orchestrating, and recording at the same time. Oh, very cool. So how big is the uh, horn section? Uh, well, it's two guys, and then we sometimes we it's, it's trumpet and sax, and then sometimes we had a trombone, and then I I put uh, some really cool uh, synth uh, keys uh, horns with with the horn section. So it all depends upon what parts and stuff. Now that particular song was uh, trumpet and sax, uh, which is Ted Murdoch and Fitz McGee. Very cool. Yeah, it's a nice groove, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's all about fun, you know. I mean it's it's like the music is. Uh, um, you know, music is supposed to be fun and uplifting, and it may it also be, you know, sad. But this particular song, I wanted to make fun. I wanted this to be a fun, happy, you know, you know. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, the, the lyrics are, are are just right in your face and just, you know, party time. You know, we've got other songs on the album that are very serious and very, you know, different. But this one, I wanted to make just a fun, happy time, and that's what we did. Felt like it. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's a, Dino. Dino is a lot of fun. <laughs> so, Dino, yeah, you are. Well, Dino, let me ask you something. Um, when did you know that you were going to be in music, and how did you get started? How How old were you when you really started playing the drums, and you knew you were going to be an artist? Just out of curiosity. Okay, well, I'll tell you the story. I I was ten years old, and my brother Jeff, um, he was a singer in a band. And his drummer bought uh, a new drum set, and he gave my brother his old drum set, and my brother brought him home. And they were just pieces of junk, basically, but he brought them home, and um, I was playing them the very next day. And um, I just had a natural ability to play back in the day. And then I just, um, I started my first gig for money, I was 11 years old. And, um, wow. I started touring and, and uh, playing, you know, in studios when I was 16 and 17, um, and uh, that's uh, a very, very long time ago. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, as far as you know, back in those days, which is you know, a while back, uh, um, there was not yes, very I many know. musicians. I was there too. <laughs> yes, yes, there was not very many musicians. Not like now, where it's like you know, yeah. just a, a mass of, of, of everywhere. But back in those days, there was not very many musicians, and it was all like about, you know, um, a few guys, and then if you found some people, you were lucky, and then I knew everybody, you know, I mean, everybody knew, uh, anybody that was a musician, we all knew each other, which is kind of crazy to think of that, but um, it was just a, a group of people, and uh, we all just started playing gigs. And uh, then it just kind of morphed from there, and then I started touring, and then I built my first studio in 1986. And, um, and, you know, the rest is craziness. So that's how I <laughs> now, is that the same, is that the same studio you still have? Well, I, my first studio, uh, no, but I have, I've had the one I'm in right now. I've had for 28 uh, years. 
I've had for 28 years. I built it in 1989, so I'm assuming it's 28, 29 years. Uh, and then I had another one before this for two years. But I've been in the same location for since 1989, so whatever that yeah. is. Yeah, you've got yeah. a beautiful studio. It's really oh, nice. Thanks. And now we're, we're, we're completely uh, video, too. We have green screen. And oh, really? We do a video. We have a complete video company, and, uh, you, know, we, you know, we're doing a major video right now for another project I'm doing. Uh, it's called L.A. Uh, the song is called L.A. It's great. And we have uh, David Elliott singing that, who is uh, Dion Wallach's son. He's singing the, the, the cut for us. A guy named Jim uh, Correo uh, from Chicago wrote the song. And uh, we, it's a great song. I can't, I can't let anybody hear it yet, but the song kills. And it's all about Los Angeles. And, and it's the fun, romantic side of Los Angeles. And we've been filming now for the last uh, probably two months, me and Gordon Michael, uh, my director. Wow. And, and wow. uh, we've been filming all over at Los Angeles. And it's a great video. It's a great project. And, uh, you know, there's other things coming up, too, with Jim. We have a singer... Uh, that we're getting ready to... Well, actually, we've, I've been working today all day. Uh, this uh, lady named uh, Lorena Carroll, and mm -hmm. she's the lead uh, um, main uh, singer-entertainer for a show called Fantasy at the Luxor in Las Vegas. She's the headliner. And we, we're doing three songs on her, and she's a phenomenal singer. And uh, so we're doing that, and I'm sure we're doing videos for her, too. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, you you uh, definitely do not wear, live a boring life. That's for sure. Every time I talk to you, you've got so many things going on. Makes me tired just listening to you. I know. <laughs> I don't it's think not, you ever yeah. stop. I, I should be slowing down, but I should be slowing down, but it's actually going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, he's got a beautiful daughter that he's very active with. I keep seeing pictures of you with your daughter. You've always got time to do yeah. things. With your yes, daughter, with your dog. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I, I tell you, you know, my uh, uh, my my personal life is is uh, um, it's just I, I just work a lot, you know, and I don't get out mm -hmm. much. So yeah. when I do, I like to be, you know, with family, people that I know, you know, and I have my dog Roxy, and you know, she's my sweetie. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, she's a ninety-seven pound pit bull, and she's a doll. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, she is. But uh, she is. anyway. Do you did you uh, uh, did you want to play the second cut, or do you have some more questions for me? What yeah, what song did you want to play next? I think well, this one is called uh, uh, "Move On." Now, this one okay. uh, is our actual lead singer of the band. It's a Robin Kermsey, who is uh, an excellent singer. She's uh, she's done many things. She sang with Eric Clapton. She sang with uh, Celine Dion, which she hates when I say that. But uh, she's sung with uh, Billy Idol. She's sung with uh, so many people. But she's the lead singer on this one, and this is more of a, this is kind of a jazzy kind of a, uh, it's a this is very fun too, but it's basically yeah. about a woman basically saying, I'm done with you, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving on, I'm getting out of here. And Tony yeah, it Lopez, is a jazzy, it is a more jazzy song. I really like this one. I think this is one yeah. of my favorites. I really yeah, this like is, this song. This is, a, this, is a, this is very, very orchestrated and arranged, and this took me a little while, a little bit of time. But, of course, my players are just so awesome. Uh, uh, they just helped out quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. It's fun. It, it kinda, it's, it's, it's old school, and it's, uh, um, it's also new school. So give it a spin, see your, uh, what your listeners think. Yeah, we will do that. Okay, well, we will listen to the song. We'll be right back after this.
time to sit back down. <laughs> All right. Wow. Now that 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 woman's got <laughs> got some yeah, soul. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Uh, Robin, Wasn't she? Uh, oh Rachel. man, that was awesome. Yeah. Huh. yeah that was- I had everybody involved in that one. I just gave everybody a shot in that one. So, uh, you know, it was, um, I'm not, we're not quite done with that song yet either. It's, it's, I'm still uh, putting it together, still mixing it. I, I just wanted you guys to hear it. So I gave you a copy of it as it is. Uh, thanks. Wow. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Cool. Amazing. Cool. Well, well um, like Dino, you were talking, you brought up something I thought was interesting. Just before we went to a break, you were talking mm-hmm. about how you do not get a lot of breaks. And so when you do, you really try and make time for yourself and for family. And um, as a, I, I don't know if you know it or not, because we haven't talked for a little while, but I've really gotten into life coaching for artists. Right. And so when you said that, that's something that um, I talk to people a lot about because it's as an artist, or even I work a lot with entrepreneurs as well. With entrepreneurs, it's the same thing. You get so involved, it's really, really hard to find time for your personal life. And so you said that, and so it was really, uh, it, it caught my attention when you said, yeah, you know, I just don't have a lot of time, but I make time, and when I do, I make it special. So what do you do to make that happen? How do you do that? It's, how do you get away from it? Well, um, you know, it used to be a lot easier because, um, you know, owning a studio and a, a musician and a producer, that's what I did for a long time. But now it's a multitasking world. So you have to do many things. That's why I went into the acting, and that's why I did a TV show, and that's why, you know, um, it is... Uh, and then, well, of course, with social media and, and uh, all the electronic devices, uh, it's it's never-ending. And uh, so I used to say to my... I used to still joke about it. It's like, you know, it's the same 24 hours in a day, but it seems like 10 hours. You know, it's just not the same thing. Uh, so... <laughs> The problem is, is that people are doing too many things because they have to, and they they have to they have to make. That's how you make, especially in the entertainment business, music business. You have to do a lot of things to make a living. Now, if you're doing it as a hobby, it's a different story. If you're doing it for fun, right. it's a different story. But if you're doing it for a living, you have to do many things. And people, that's what I, I kind of teach people too, is that mm-hmm. if you sure you want to get in the entertainment and the music business because you are, <laughs> if you do, it's 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 a it is a twenty four hour day business. Even when Absolutely. you're sleeping, you're creating. You know what I mean? So uh, what you have to do is you have to force yourself, or at least I do, uh, um, and, and, and a bohemian mind is always thinking. You know, if you're a bohemian, you are thinking all the time. You're creating, you're writing, you're, you're, uh, you're thinking about your live performance, you're thinking about your bass player, you're thinking about, uh, you know, your harmonies, you're thinking about lyrics. Uh, you have to separate your mind from that, and you have to... Uh, just shut that off, and you have to go and rest, because if you don't, your body will start to shut down. Your nervous system will start to shut down. I used to mix so long that I was I'd be shaking because my nervous system was shutting down. Your mm-hmm. brain can only take so much uh, loud music, and after a while, you start you're, you're, you start to shake. So if you don't if you don't take time for yourself, if you don't go to the beach, take a walk with your dog, get out, walk. Uh, and I and I suggest walking. That's a huge thing, especially the beach or or, or you know out in the in, uh, you know somewhere with trees or whatever. Uh, if you don't do that, if you don't get out and and clear your head and relax, you are going to be uh, you're not going to be long for the business or your or the world actually. And right. believe me, uh, if you do that, nothing's going to stop. Nothing's going to 
destroy and nothing's going to be <laughs> gone. It's still going to be there when you get back and, um, and everything will move forward. But if you keep uh, pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing uh, and not getting out, you'll make yourself sick and you'll make yourself a very unhappy person. Now, do you leave your phone at home? I, you know, because I have a daughter, I never leave my phone. Uh. I always have my phone with me. Uh, right. I, I can't do that. I, I just, if she even though she's going to be 27 in a month, <laughs> I, still, yeah, um, I still have my phone. <laughs> yeah. She, but if, if I didn't, if I didn't, I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. hear you. All too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah was, it's funny. You, you mentioned that. And um, I was just reading, actually, last week, I, you know, I was reading a book and it was talking about how just a few decades decades ago when they were starting to come up with you know more technology and the phones were coming around computers were getting bigger and better and we were able to have them at home and whatnot they were saying that they were really worried because they thought that all this all this stuff was going to be putting us out of work we weren't going to need to have as many jobs because we're going to have technology doing it all and i look at that and i think it's so funny because oh my gosh you know we're so scared to take a break because when we come back we know we're going to come back to a whole bunch of emails and i mean technology has not made life easier it's made it harder because we're on the phone 24 7 we don't can't we can't shut it off we emails are constantly coming in we've got the like you said social media marketing that we got to keep up with and technology did not necessarily make life easier (laughs) we still have our jobs i agree well it's made the world small it made it's made everything fast and um, everything you get immediately. If you want to know something, you know it immediately. You don't have to read a book. You just you just say uh, you know you Google it and there it is. Um, uh, there's no community. I'm getting ready to go speak to sixth and seventh and eighth graders uh, next week at a middle school about communication because these kids they don't know anything about communication. They don't. Uh-huh. All they do is their phones and their computers. And they sit back, and that's how they communicate. And they don't know how to communicate with a human being. Isn't that amazing? uh, That's the way the world is at this point. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it's it's really crazy to think about. Even when you and I first met back when you were doing, when you did the the CD for Cactopus, Mm -hmm. technology was so different back then. When I think about what I had to go through to do what I needed to do. And put that all together, and the work that you guys did, it's nothing now like it was back then. The whole, no. Especially the music industry has changed so much. And well, uh, the recording industry, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's well, just, uh, it's, I was just going to say, it's just really, when you look at record labels and all that, in the last 10, 15 years, how much all that has changed, and how much of it we're doing, techno- because of technology, so much of it is done in, in homes now, and it's just... Right. To me, sometimes it's mind-blowing when you really think about it. Well, it is. And, um, you know, I mean, I remember when I was, uh, I used to do uh, editing by hand. And uh, when, when I did it, people couldn't, you know, because when you edit on analog, you roll the tape back and forth over the heads until you get the right spot. And people didn't know what the hell I was doing. And it <laughs> took me 10 hours to edit one song. Now I can do it in a matter of seconds. You know, and uh-huh. if I don't like it, I can put it right back to where it was, as where, uh-huh. where analog is completely different. So now that that does help uh, in the expediting of doing things. But what it doesn't help is is that music, and um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an older guy or been around, you know, a long time. I'm saying this because music is a cookie cutter 
business, and that's why a lot of these records don't last long because the soul has pretty much taken out a lot of these a lot of these songs. The soul is taken out because everything is done by by uh, editing and cutting and, and pasting, and, and uh, so the soul of the of the performance, which is felt, not not really heard, it's felt. It's not there because it's all done with a computer or an edit or the same part over and over and over again. So the soul has been taken out of a lot of music, and that's why the music is not very memorable now, because everything mm-hmm. is just there's there's no there's no feeling there's no uh, 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 there's no emotion. I can't I can't say there's no emotion. There's less. There's way less, and that's why you can't remember lyrics. You can't remember uh, you know the, the the melodies. You can't remember. Uh, you know, it's just not like it was, you know. So yeah, it, yeah. The, 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 the computer age has helped a lot of things, and it's also really messed up a lot. Yeah, so yeah. Dino and Abraham, I was going to ask both of you, well, how do you think the technology has affected the, the music industry specifically as far as being a musician? Is it easier? Is it harder? How is it different? What can you do now that you couldn't do then and vice versa? Let Abraham go with that. Go ahead, Abraham. Yeah. Thanks, Dino. Well, before I respond to that, Cynthia, I just want to respond to something that uh, Dino was just saying. You know, uh, Joe Walsh had released uh, that Analog Man uh, album, and uh, in an interview, he said something that I think you, if you hadn't heard it, maybe you have, but I thought it was great, and this is kind of what we're talking about. And basically, he said with with Pro Tools – said you know because you can you can take and fix anything musicians today fix everything right and and it chokes the soul out of it because there's something to our it, like what you were saying you and I and I totally agree with you about um you know having some fun in in music uh it could have all kinds of emotions but some of that that comes through is in the imperfections it's in the raw emotion in the honesty of it you know and that's what seems to get sterilized out of everything wouldn't you agree absolutely i mean you're you're preaching to the choir on that one uh yeah yeah did you have anything more to say because i got some uh, some stuff but go ahead if you got more to say yeah well yeah um i was i wanted to uh dig in a little bit on that last tune just a couple questions about you know how how many it's that one felt very very live to me and uh, I I just wondered if you had pieced that together because I know if you have great musicians they can get the feel off a recording just like they would with each other but just real quick uh, how many people did you use when you actually tracked that last tune one really mm. so you did it the same way huh well let me tell you let me tell you the trick okay and I, I'll give away a trade secret here. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm glad you said it sounds live because that's the way I want to make all my records sound. Uh, It sounds like it sounds like a band playing in a room, just just you know, mixed really well and and dynamically and everything. But when you when you track things, you you always have to what 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 one thing does should dictate what the next thing does, and every note is important. So. If you, if I track the drums, if let's say I track the drums first, which is what I always do, uh, if I do a little accent or a little hit or a little weird thing, I'll have somebody else mirror that. You know what I mean? I'll have sure. somebody, I'll put something to that. You know, 
And then uh, let's say the bass player comes on and he's put something, a, a, a weird lick or something. I may punch a horn line there. You know, I may I may have the guitar player accent with that. And by the time you get done, if every if you if you take every piece and then add the next piece and have it go with the piece that was just recorded, by the time you're done, it sounds like a live band playing in a live room. Yeah, and, yeah. But so if you're you gluing it together and just just lay down a track and, and and just have it be sterile and have it just be uh, you know uh, uh, like you said earlier, it's the little tiny things. If a lot of little tiny differences make one big difference, and by the end of the day, that sounded like like ten guys in a room playing, and that's what yeah. I go for, that's and that's great. how it's done. But you have to, you can't go. Well, you can't, you can't go. We're going to take ten takes and we're going to just edit the ten takes and get the best out of it. No, you can't do that. You have to, you have to work on the beginning to the end of of the take. And make it perfect to what the person before you just played. So if, if the bass player is after the drummer, everything the drummer did, all those little idiosyncrasies, if he does something with them, it sounds like they've been playing together for years. And you do that with everybody. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. complicated. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, no, not, it's, I mean, it's not complicated <laughs> if you know what you're doing. It's complicated yeah. if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. You know, if I go sit on a jet fighter plane and sit there, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But if you get a jet fighter pilot, he sits down and it's like boom, 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 boom. It all depends upon, uh, right. you know, uh, uh, how long you've been doing it and studying it and living it. And and for me, I've been living in the studio for four years. So, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like any, it's like nothing to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I've seen you at work and you definitely have fun doing what you do, which is wonderful. I mean, I... Like I've said, I, I love working with musicians and I love working with entrepreneurs because of their passionate spirit and the, the, the fact that they do have so much passion for their work. And you definitely do. That's okay, what sure. I guess that's what gives people that's what gives us the strength to go through what we go through. Huh? Well, <laughs> like, you, have to, you have to love music. You have to love the music. You know, uh, music is healing and music is uh, expression, obviously, but it's healing. And every time I've been mm -hmm. upset. No matter what it is, I could be sick, I could be broke, I could be uh, mad. As soon as the music comes on, all that goes away. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, you were talking earlier then, um, and I, I was going to ask you a question, and I didn't get to it, but I'm going to because I think it's important. When we were talking okay. about how you shut things off, have you figured out some kind of a trick for actually making, you, you were saying you just have to make your mind stop because otherwise you're always, you know, you'll be laying there in bed writing a song or thinking of a tune. How do you shut it off? Have you found a well, trick for that? It's difficult. It's difficult because, you know, creators create. Right. And there's a very thin line between, uh, you know, the really genius creators and insanity. You know, and and the reason that is is because a creator, a really, really genius, like let's just take a Michael Jackson, okay, who's like you know yeah. had, a, had a million different uh, uh, um, pieces of of talent into that body, into that brain. You know, I mean, there's a guy that was his, he could not shut his mind off. I was gonna say he I can't picture shut him shutting it off. No, I'm not even an artist, but I'm around him a lot, and I can tell you, at night I can turn on the you know go to bed, turn on the ceiling fan, and the noise from the ceiling fan will start sounding like music, and I'll start hearing a music music right. a tune in there. You know. Yes. But the only way to the only way to really do that 
to really shut it off is you have to get out. You have to get out. You have to go out uh, to the water, the ocean, the, uh, the, the, uh, to a mall. Uh, you uh, go to uh, um, a nice little um, park. Uh, you have to get change out. the scenery. Yeah. Yes, you have mm-hmm. to. You have to, uh, and that doesn't mean you know. You can take a drive, but then what do you do to drive? You put your radio on, or you start thinking daydreaming. You know that. But right. you have to get out, and you have to walk, and get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've always got a dog. <laughs> Any particular dog you'd recommend? You know. Uh, well, I, I love pit bulls, so that's you know. But but, oh, but that, any dog, you know, uh, you know, you have to do that because if you don't. You drive yourself crazy, and it's very unhealthy. You know, it's very unhealthy. Right. Yeah, that's why I ask, because I know, like I said, I work with artists and I work with entrepreneurs, and they, those are two groups that really, really have a hard time shutting it off. I'm one of those. It's it's yeah. something, it's always something I have to work on. It's very difficult to shut things off. And when I do, right. like if I take a vacation and promise myself I'm going to get away for a week, within 24 hours, I just have to get back. I miss the work. I mean, well, I love what I do, yeah. so I enjoy it, and I miss yeah. it when I get away from it, but you do have to take a break from it. So that's why I ask, because I think it is very, very important. It's something I deal with so much with myself and others. So um, I find it, I've always found it fascinating that as hard as you work and as much of a perfectionist as you are with your work and how seriously you take your work, I still see an awful lot of pictures of you out there with your dog and out there with your daughter and out there, you know, having a good right. time. And I just always, how in the world do you do that? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it's, again, I just learned that, too. You know, I mean, I, 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 I hadn't had a dog since I was, like, you know, a little kid. And, and now I have one, and I just learned to do that again. I had to teach myself to do that. And, uh, you know, and you know, if you're a certain age, which is, you know, I've been around a long time, so, you know, that comes with certain things. I mean, one thing about getting older is you gain a lot of wisdom. That's, that's one of the few things about getting older. But you have to, uh, your body starts to act different, and believe me, everybody, even these 22-year-olds that are listening right now, believe me, one of these days, you know, it's, the, the clock keeps ticking, and you're going to go at a certain age, and things are going to be different, and, and, and what you have to do, and you, you, should, you should start now, at doing this now. Uh, and don't forget, we haven't talked about drugs or alcohol either, and <laughs> that's another reason why drugs and alcohol comes uh, involved with creative people, right. is because they right. can't. They can't turn off, and they can't, you know, and they, they want to keep having that uh, emotional high. So what do they do? They drink or they do drugs, you know, and, right. it's, uh, you know, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. I mean, look how many people have been have died, you know. Look, if Elvis Presley couldn't handle it, Michael Jackson couldn't handle it, Whitney Houston couldn't handle it, what makes you think you can handle it if you don't start taking care of business? You know what I'm talking right. about? Okay. Right. Absolutely. That is so true. And, you know, it's I, uh, as a coach, I deal with people. And that's actually one of the things that led me to get into coaching is because I do have a lot of friends, a lot of friends there in the music industry that I've seen get ruined by it. And it can be such a wonderful industry. It can be so exciting. It can be so fulfilling. But if you don't handle it correctly, like you were saying, it can be so destructive. And I've seen probably a good 75% of my friends get destroyed. And it's heartbreaking because they were so talented and they got destroyed because they didn't learn how to handle it. I think that it's so important. And entrepreneurs are the same way. They get so involved in what they're doing. It doesn't ruin them in the same way, but it does ruin them at times. It ruins their, it destroys their families because they get so involved. And unfortunately, people that are really passionate 
can do that to themselves if they don't learn how to do it in a healthy manner. And so that's why I thought it was really interesting that you said what you said, and I latched onto it because it is something that I see over and over and over again in in the lives of so many of the people that I've known over the years. And um, so I'm actually really glad that you figured that out and you've learned that, and I'm still trying to learn it, but I'm working on it. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that uh, you know people try to get into business to be successful. Well, you know what, successful is a very, very loaded word, number one. And number two, when you become successful, that's where the real stress begins, not when you're broke. When you're broke, you know, you make your rent, you go out and do a job, you make your rent, and your your life is not uh, complicated. But when you become successful, guess what? You don't think for one minute that, let's just say... uh, 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 Taylor Swift. Uh, you don't think there's, there's not probably two or three hundred people that are depending upon her for their living? Mm-hmm. At least two yeah. or three hundred people. That if she doesn't go out and work, they don't get paid. They don't get work. They don't work. So not only are you you have to fulfill uh, your obligations, but if you don't work, you got two or three hundred people that are pushing you to keep working. Right. Okay? And that's just one thing, okay? So, I mean, it is, it is a very, very tough... Success is a very tough thing to deal with. Um, and after a while, the money, all the money you're making, you know, that's, that's all great. But after a while, you realize what a tough job it is. It's a very tough right. job. And people right. are never, you know, you got to go here, you got to go there, you got to do this, you got to do that, and then all of a sudden your anonymity's gone. You, you're you're famous, and you got all these people after you. And another thing, you know, that's that's all great and good, but after a while, if you can't handle that, if you're not, if you're not, if your makeup is not strong enough, that's very tough. Why do you think True. these people turn to drugs and alcohol? This is one right. reason. So you really have to. You really have to ask yourself, do I really want to be successful? Because it's not all about TV and fun and games. It is not. That's about not 20%. 80% is hard-ass freaking work. Right, right. Yeah, I'm actually putting together some mastermind groups. I don't know if you know what a mastermind group is, but I'm working with mastermind groups right now for artists, and, and I keep them separate. I have some for artists, and I have some for um, entrepreneurs. And they're specifically, because... Like you just, I feel the same way you do about this. And I always say, you know, how you handle success is going to really show whether you're successful or not. Because honestly, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't handle it right, ultimately you are not going to be successful. You're going to destroy yourself with it. So how you handle that success is really going to determine whether you are successful or not. And so we've put these groups together where we have 12 people in a group and we work with each other to support each other and to talk about our what's working and what's not working where we need help in life where we don't need help you know and that includes handling our situation you know when you're an artist and you're spending like three months on a stinky bus and your wife's at home and upset because you're not at home with her and it's hard there's a lot of things you have to deal with and it gets very very difficult it's not a regular nine-to-five job and so we have these groups that we get together and we do it all online so it it's really easy we just get online and we just support each other once a week we get together and we just talk about what's right. going on and it really helps because unfortunately when you get really successful you get to the point where you feel like you have nobody 
You can't trust anybody. A right, lot of times right, it gets to right, be right. very, very lonely. People, most people teach classes on how to make it. But I think your approach is good because you're teaching class on what to do when you do make it. I, right. I mean, all these classes, uh, you know, like right now, I'm starting over again. I've got a, 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 an acting teacher uh, named Haley Webb right. who's great. She's a great teacher, and she's a pretty well-known actress. And, you know, and all of a sudden now I'm at the bottom of the totem pole learning how to act, you know. <laughs> and I'm serious. I mean, I, I, I'm a total exciting, expert though. what I do, but now I'm at the bottom of the totem pole again. You know, uh, yeah. so, so, so it's, it's very important to learn how to do things and how to be successful, but mm -hmm. I think it's just as important to know what to do when you do become successful, because that's where the danger is. It really is. Well, that is a good point. And you know what? We are really getting out of time already. Okay. Time flew by, but before it flies completely past us. I want to give you a chance to tell us where we can find you and uh, if people want to look at see what work you're working on or to contact you to do work for them. I wanted to give them give you a chance to give your contact information if you'd like to do so. Well first of all there's a, the Tony Farrell band that the band that you heard tonight uh, on those two songs were playing at the uh, um, the Grand Annex in San Pedro on the it's the 14th the 17th of November. The 17th of November we're playing, so come and see the band there because it's a lot of fun. I guarantee you have a smile on your face. Um, okay. As far as getting a hold of me, I mean, uh, you know, if you Google me or, you know, you can get a hold of me at uh, uh, dinom4 at aol.com. That's my email. Okay. And uh, if you just Google me, you know, Dino Mataloni or... Uh, uh, you can get a hold of me. Um, okay, and that is spelled M-A-D-D-A-L-O-N-E, by the way, for those of you who are Correct, and, sure. or, or Facebook. <laughs> Contact me on Facebook, under Dino Mataloni on Facebook, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, All right. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Wonderful. That's well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it, Dino. And uh, well, for thanks. those, I want to thank everybody for listening, and if you need to get a hold of me, and I'd love to hear from you, you can reach me at successwithmacintosh.com or you can call 866-636-4696. And I look forward to talking to you then and being part of your success. So thanks again, Dino. I really appreciate all your words of wisdom. And um, I guess the bottom line for today was be sure to take care of yourself and live a healthy life when you're making it up at the top. <laughs> so thanks a million, everyone. And thank you, Abraham. And, My pleasure uh, once again. Yeah. Dino, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was fun thank having you. you, Dino. We'll have to have you back. Until we meet again. We'll have to keep in touch. You've got enough stuff that you're working on. We could be talking for hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was over too fast. <laughs> yeah, it was. Okay, thanks a million, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Rock and Talk Show, and we'll see you here next week. Hi, this is success coach Cynthia McIntosh. If you could wave a magic wand to make your life anything you wanted it to be, what would that look like? How would it feel? What would be the changes you would see? If you're ready to make those changes and overcome all your obstacles, give us a call. I would love to be part of your success. You can reach us at 866-636-4696 or you can visit our website at successwithmacintosh.com. You've been listening to Rock and Talk with Cynthia McIntosh and co-host Abraham. See you next week.